Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Hopefully enough. Time will tell. This is the OKest Hunter Podcast. Never pass on shooter bucks. That's just me from the freezer. It's your tag. You hunt how you want. This is OKest Hunter. <laughs> I just never know what's going to come out of my own mouth. <laughs> Your face is like, whoa. We're, just, wa- we're just going down NASCAR lane here, right out of the, the gate. The look on your face was I like, thought I was going to say it, too. What I am like, I going to say? <laughs> what am I doing here? It feels good to be back. I haven't been down here in a while. It's been all virtual for me recently. Yeah, and Greg also has been virtual, and just he's traveling for work. I think he's, he's in Texas right yeah, now. Yeah, he just landed in Texas earlier today. So I imagine he might pop in the comments or the calls or... I, don't, I mean, I didn't send him the invite because I was like, well, you're, you're, you don't want to do this while you're at a hotel <laughs> yeah, or whatever you're doing. Go he's do got other stuff. fish to fry tonight. Yeah. Oh, fish fry sounds great. I feel good. Uh, we're at the end of January. Just got back from two weeks in Vegas. Uh, last week was SHOT Show. Big SHOT Show week for you? Overwhelming. I think it's the third largest show in, the, in Vegas. Wow. I don't know. And that's saying something. It's, it was big. It was big. People have said it's big, and now I understand. <laughs> I just <laughs> was like, oh, holy shit. It's a whirlwind. So they have, is it like one massive convention center, or is there like two, wings two and two different convention rooms? centers, and I think the one, the Venetian Ven- convention center is like five floors of conventions. Holy shit. And then, and all very large, like, <laughs> um, and then there's a, you got to go across this uh, bridge across the, the road, and you get to the, what's it called? Caesar's Forum, and then there's a bunch more conventions or like you know conference. I don't want to call them conferences, but colossal in there too. Dude, some of these booths were like bigger than some office buildings with three stories, uh, conference rooms, meeting rooms. I was just like, what? (laughs) Like, what is this? Is this a Shields in the convention center? (laughs) (laughs) This is a Cabela's. It was wild, man. It, It was like. I think some of these booths cost like close to a million dollars or like at least a million uh, to, to exhibit there in totality. It's stupid. Wow. How much I think it said the revenue that shop brought to Vegas's economy was like $88 million for those couple of days. Yeah, that's like a that's a couple levels up from what we're used to. It though. The number of brands that I saw that I've never heard of, don't know about, still not sure who the hell they are. That had enough money to fund a million dollar like exhibits or you know um, yeah that's good. I was like, who, what? Where is this coming Where is from? This, like, what is happening? Like, um, there does seem to be like we were talking about it before, but the major the switch and like I've watched some videos of like reviews of ATA. Uh, yeah. Bowhunting.com had a little like recap video and overall seemed like 
people are is lackluster. Like I've heard that also. Bow companies aren't releasing new bows at it really yeah. anymore because it doesn't make sense with the market and just things just aren't happening the way they used to. And shot kind of is taking that action that maybe used to be there and they at did least spin off an archery grabbing wing some or of forum. it. Um, I did. We did walk that too. It, it wasn't. I mean, just that alone wasn't nearly what ATA is. Yeah. But wow, it's a step because. And it's not so much that they're going to do it better than. It's that, like, man, I don't want to do both. I don't want to build a booth twice or pay to get it built twice, travel from this part of the country to that part of the country back to back, basically. Mm -hmm. It's stressful. But if you could just do one, sh you would do shot because there's more there. There's more opportunity. There's more other things happening to justify it. So if most of the ATA exhibitors end up at shot, I think that's where it'll go. And honestly, shot, as a media person, treated us, I mean, like, way better. Way oh better yeah? than, um, like wildly different experience as a media person. So, in a good way, in right? a good, like, very good way. Sounds like things were going dude, well. It was for complicated you. to get into, like, oh, you're not supposed to be on the floor today, blah blah. I was like, dude, at shot, we were there all the whole thing because they want. There's just as many many media people as there were exhibitors. Which is, I guess, the best mix you could Which have, right? Yeah, it's like the proper buck dough ratio. <laughs> 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 yeah, who is that? Uh, and I don't have it on the screen. I'm sorry. So I might be distracted from time to time. But um, I think it's K Katie. K ten on YouTube uh, said she must have been there or knows about it. Fourteen miles worth of uh, wow halls of exhibit. Five hundred thousand from one booth in the past. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so no. Well, I'm happy to be back. I'm still kind of like. Get my bearings. I think. Oh yeah, it's Tuesday because we're in the studio. I <laughs> <laughs> that does help. <laughs> <laughs> what day it is? But yeah. So anyway, um, shout out to Half Rack for being a presenting sponsor. Use code OHP fifteen percent off. We we will be announcing our new sponsors. I think I can probably let one out of the bag because I think they officially signed today. Um, we're gonna be working closely with Rack Hub, um, and I'll wait to announce the other one because like we want to make a, a, a concerted combined joint effort, but. The Rackup one's kind of cool. Um, I'm excited to try out some of their products. Maybe we can uh, put together a couple little videos of how to do some stuff with sheds or Euro mounts. Cause well, it's just it. It's memories. And, I, you know, oddly enough, the, per the perception I had of Rackup was prestigious. Not elitist, but, like, of a higher echelon of caliber of, like, whatever. And after talking with TJ, who runs it, he's like, I'm. I think we just worked with really high-end content creators. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they're the stuff, and looked. we got really polished stuff. And he's like, "But really, like you could you could drill a hole in this and and put it on, <laughs> you know." And a lot of guys have memories, or maybe you know you found the shed of a buck you then later killed, and so you could put those sheds on the wall next to that same buck and have that progression. So like, there's a number of use cases, and the the, the big thing he said he's like, I mean, "There's a reason these bucks are in the basement and not upstairs," and my wife is that reason. <laughs> and it's because they have eyeballs and skulls. And she's like, ah, I just I don't want the animals upstairs. I want them. You can have them down there. And so if you wanted to find a way to get more antler in your house and be in places where you could appreciate it, this is a way to do so and still get the blessing from you know, the decorator <coughs> of the family. Having that upper echelon of media creator creators makes it easier for the average guy because if you go on their website, like we looked at it together and I was like, dang, like this stuff. Whew, that's pretty high end for the We're going to bring them down a little but bit. But you can show <laughs> that to your significant other, yeah, and they're going to yeah. be like, wow, our house is going to look like that after we put some sheds? Let's do it. It's pretty great. So, yeah, excited to work with those guys. Uh, and then they, they do a lot with shed season. 
I talked about last week, we're going to get a contest going. It'll have something to do with finding the smallest sheds in the field for the duration, so look for more to come there. I think it'll be a fun collab. We've never really participated in the shed rally scene. Mm -hmm. um, this will be our way to, to do so, and I think an engaging way. Um, you, know, you can't The working class guys, Kurt and them, they say you can't trip into a 150, and they say, but like you're not going to just... Well, into it. you can trip over a 150 in your shed hunting, but you can't trip over an okay, an okay antler. Yeah, it's just tough. <laughs> the so little ones, like the best. The roles are reversed. Yep. I think. Anyway, um, Latitude uh, has launched a number of new like products and such uh, in lieu of like ATA. So be on the lookout from for those guys with things. I think they got to work on some inventory stuff. I'm just gonna fix this. It's not charging. Oh no! Come on now. Don't be mean to me. And uh, I put out a postseason video on YouTube because I people are like, how do these carbon series speed sticks work? Um, you know, in the rain, how is the standoff distance from the tree? You know, are they allowed? How do they stack? And I went through all that stuff, and I just can't say enough good things about it. I, I it's almost like when people become a saddle hunter, they don't shut the hell up about it, <laughs> or like on a keto diet or they're in crossfit it's like that same camp i'm like that with just the sticks it's like <laughs> what's the hardest part of running five marathons fitting it into every conversation <laughs> yes <laughs> it's kind of yes. the same thing what's the hardest part about owning the latitude sticks not talking about them i i i, I, mean, I just bring them with me where i mean i could because they're light enough i'm pretty much <laughs> i mean you know me I'm, I'm a bit more particular with some of my yeah. stuff and i like what i like and we got the sticks and i was super grateful to get them but i was like you know these will be great backups or like you know when my yep. kids get older and then we played with them and i took them on a few hunts and they went with me on every hunt the rest of the season after i used them that's awesome so i was even using them late season late season you were hard, hard <coughs> selling your butt in now yeah I, well, for sure that's cool um koto hp over there to save you some money and uh barton forge i talked with bill today I I don't e I can't speak to it too much other than like there's some shit coming down the pike. I can't have any specifics. Hopefully, and I know how dev goes. It takes time, so you might say hey, if you're ready in a week or two, and it might be a month. It's just how that kind of stuff works. And it's gonna be dropping for beta, folks. First, so anyone that was in the first run of beta when they first launch everything, they're gonna get their hands on this new piece of technology that they're deploying. And I've never seen anything like it. I literally have never seen anything even like it at all. You got a demo it's today. When you talked I to Bill, what did, did you get to see a little bit? Bill was like... Sneak peek? A he was like the nerdiest I've ever seen him, which is saying a lot because he's pretty nerdy anyways. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a bad way. He was just you could just out. tell that he was super, super excited about it. And and I was like... The, it's just really cool. It's something for us as outdoorsmen, hunters, that like will serve us in a way that nothing else can. I, I'll tell you more later. You um, more. But I, you more, yeah. <laughs> I won't tell it on on a thing, but just boy, if you're not in their free version, go get in the free version. Go download it, kick the tires. If you want to use our code OHP, it'll save you twenty percent for your annual subscription. But you have to go redeem that on the website first, and then when you open the app, you'll be good to go. Um, which I think is how everyone does it. I think Onyx does the same shit. You got to redeem that shit on the website first. Uh, I just think it's because it, there's a separation between like app and billing and Apple Pay and all that jazz. I learning more about that as we finish up our app um, for the Beltland stuff. Which brings me to my topic a little bit today. <laughs> Which is, um, and phone lines are open, so I, I do want to <coughs> say if you want to call in, 
I want to talk about public land hunting, and I don't even know what that means yet. I don't have like a, a way to steer this conversation out of the gate other than when the genesis of OKS Hunter, it used to be where to hunt, and the tagline of the show was the public land, fuck was it? <laughs> the podcast for public land hunting enthusiasts. Yes. And it was all centered around an application that allowed hunters to uh, define or like see what the the access what what am I trying to say identify Where um, occupied and unoccupied land based so on other active users when you were going into a place if, your, your idea was like yep. is there a bunch of other guys already hunting here or is this a place where I'm not going to run into anybody yep. very cool yep. idea for kind of figuring out occupancy on had some cool spots. features for a minute there like if another hunter you would set a perimeter you would say okay alert me if another hunter gets within a radius of, you know, 100 yards from me or 200 yards from me. And it would, it would vibrate. You'd pull, pull it up and it'd say, refresh your app, a new hunter is in your area. Boom, refresh, there's a, there's a new dot. And I'm like, I don't know who this person is. There's, a, there's literally another hunter here now. Holy cow. Somebody's doing a deer drive for me. <laughs> get ready. <laughs> it was really neat. Um, and the, the thing I was trying to solve then was access. I got tired of doing the red flashlight game or the whistle on the tree stand or getting busted by someone else or me feeling like I was the one busting someone else's hunt. Like, I'd pull up, there's cars there. I'm like, damn it, I know they're back here, but I don't know where. I mean, I've literally walked over sleeping bodies on the way to the stand before. That, um, that to me, is the worst feeling is, like, when you say you got a limited amount of time running out after work and, like, you have one place you know you can get in, you know, it's just going to work out. Yep. And you pull up. And it was like the hunt you filmed with Jace, right? One of the first... Um, oh yeah, we'll see how truck. it goes. And you're like, oh, as long as there's not a truck there, you know, we'll be good. If there is a guy there, not, <laughs> no, and then no, you no. pull up, and there sure was. as hell, there's a guy there. And that feeling of like, I don't think I'm gonna bother anybody, but as soon as you, to. as soon as you get the whistle, and I've got it before, right? Somebody whistles, and all of a sudden you're like, it's like that is worse than bumping a deer. Like I just feel like, oh, shit, I just ruined somebody's plan. Yeah. Like I just met. Yeah. Oh, it's the worst feeling ever. I hate it. Yeah, I the one time I brought my wife Holly with me. Walked into a public property during a pack ram, so I thought it was gonna be in good shape because this is pre-COVID, like when the NFL was still strong and people didn't think the games were fixed or whatever <laughs> was going on. I don't know. Uh, and I was like, "Well, I don't care. I'm gonna go hunt." And we got to this property and we walked in. I'm like, "Go over here." And got whistled at. Go over here. There's someone on the other edge of the field. I'm like, "Jesus Christ! I can't <laughs> find anywhere to sit." And I'm like, with my 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 wife, you know, I'm like, "Where the? F this is how it always is." I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> well, if they had my app, <laughs> like, and it was in beta testing, then I was like. There must have been 400 people on the app in beta, and I was like, the, but it wasn't working, and, and the real version wasn't updating properly, so no one else could see it, anyone else was buying it, so they're like, this app's probably a piece of shit. I look on the back end, I was like, there's 400 people in here now that can't see each other. <laughs> then I was like freaking out. I was like going out with my dev team, like, you can fix this shit. This is ludicrous. Like, I can't believe it. I was so excited <laughs> to see that it was actually being used, but then I was like equally pissed that no one was getting the experience they were supposed to get. Um, so that's, that app has been deprecated. Uh, it was built on shitty servers in a shitty way uh, with, I didn't know what I was doing. We just straight up didn't have a clue. We just want to get a product out there and see what happens. So we got 70,000 downloads on it, and it was like a thing for half a minute there. And then I just stopped paying to keep it relevant because you had to keep investing to keep it relevant with the new phones that are getting released and all that stuff. So it's being rebuilt. It's about to be, like, I think within the next week or two, I might be able to have everyone that, you know, might be in a close circle of me to try it out. Um, cool. You have to download a thing called, I think it's called Expo, which is a way to get the code on your phone in a native way without having to put it into the app stores. So 
kind of like some of the product called test flight that Apple uses. Um, and in doing so, we can get some tire kick and testing, get the bugs squashed out. I want feedback. And hopefully we can launch by turkey season. Uh, and it'll be different than the first version. I don't mean to take this whole episode to talk about this. not what I'm trying to do. Uh, but it'll have a heat map component where you can, anyone that's ever logged into the app will dump into a database. That database will inform a heat map where you can get an idea of what the hunting pressure looks like. So it does keep that anonymity, anonymousness, whatever that word might be. <laughs> anonymity? Yeah, yeah, like the Nemo. Anonymity. Um, so that way, you know, you don't have to worry about people like picking off your exact coordinates of where your spot might be. It's going to be a little bit more um, abstracted or like zoomed out. So like, it's not going to be a pinprick on the map. It'll it's be a like a quarter. <coughs> yeah. So and that quarter might represent. Uh, square mile or two or something like that cool um, i didn't realize that you guys were getting that close uh yeah it's been it, uh, J- joe who does that uh is the one working everything and until it's done i don't have much of a job to, i'm a marketer i'm like i don't have a product to market yet <laughs> um but you know i think it's coming at a time where there's like a tipping point that i've noticed there's not a single conversation i don't hear when i listen to hunter podcasts, the hunting public guys um all I mean, ev- everywhere. Seek one is like, oh, I think I've perpetuated this problem. Or now there's now there's all these people doing this thing. Or the hunting public when they come into an area, it blows up a spot. If people people watch their videos and they pick out the fucking background in the trees, much like a fishing spot would do. Like I know that house, I know that dock, I know where those bass are. And when the app launched back in the early days, in like 2014, and, and then I arrived it in 2016, it people are like. First, 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 they were like, I'm not bringing my phone in the woods, so that's all changed. Um, then they were like, I, I uh, what was it, like, I don't want to share my spot. Someone's going to, like, I don't want, someone might know where I hunt. And I think that's still relevant, but the Dan Infelts of the world that have crossed rivers in their underwear, like, <laughs> there's truly here. Maybe I got some inspiration from that guy. Um, have made it so, like, there's no more untouched spots. Like, you might think you're the most badass hunter in the world, and you're going off the grid, and then, boom, you look up, there's a cell cam. Like, there's not a lot of untouched spots anymore on public. No. Like, next to none. Leases are, are being consumed. People are buying land. It's forcing others to, to go hunt public. It's getting really, really, really crowded. Even though there's less of us, it's a really weird problem that I don't fully understand either because it's definitely just changed in some almost unforeseeable ways i would say just how people are using <coughs> the land and like you watch the hunting public videos i've always been a big fan mm-hmm. and i don't think they even say what state they're hunting in they've, g- they've redacted it to the best of their ability and which i totally understand because yeah. like they're they they're not and they're conscientious people so right. they're watching out like it's not to necessarily cover their own tracks but they don't want to blow up spots for the local guys that do hunt those properties because they meet local people yep. in the parking lots and, and like they're at least nice enough where they're not trying to get out out of staters or whoever to like be like oh this is where they go i gotta go there and now that spot's kind of overpopulated yep. for the local guys who hunt there all the time and that's kind of their backyard spot not that anybody has their own spot but you know how it is like mm-hmm. people have their areas and that's Within what they like to proximity, do i have some areas yeah and i like the the local nature of that proximity because like we're over there real quick and if they blow up some spot that i think is that i might think is secretive then it's not it's just not there's so many people i mean that's just nature though we always have like oh found the spot nobody knows about it 
Oh, this Somebody is knows one. about it. <laughs> Someone's been back. Now, but but also spots change, and, and deer move through them for different rate reasons at different times. Like the food might be popping, the does might be popping, the rut might be popping. Like, so just because you were there once and it was good doesn't mean like in two weeks it will be. There's just so much, there's so many dynamics to it all. Um, but the, the narrative of public land hunting, it was like this badge of honor, public land owner, I'm hunting public land DIY. And I, I've said, you probably heard me say this at some point, like my dad and I've hunted public land our whole lives because we just didn't have private land. It wasn't like a badge of honor. <laughs> we actually would have preferred to hunt private land. We and didn't have any. And it was like <laughs> kind of the same with that. Like all of a sudden, oh, it's, it's cool to be public land? Like, okay. Because like we, you know, yeah, you and I both grew up doing the same thing in almost some of the same places. Yep. And like the mobile hunting thing was like, oh, I've been wait, doing that. What are what are other guys doing? Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's a way to do this without. And don't get me wrong, we we've we've hunted from preset stands, but like preset like a week before, and then like you hunt it, take it down. Oh, they weren't doing that, and move it over here, and constantly carrying the stuff back in. And it's cool to see that like people have found value in that. Yeah. Right. Like that is a cool thing to see. We're not just bashing on like. Correct. That's land. how it is. But no. the the narrative like the narrative has evolved over time. In the 20 years or so I've been hunting, it's like, it was, uh, yeah, I wish I had private. I still wish I had private. Like, I'm not, don't get it twisted. I'm not that damn proud. <laughs> I don't know. The that's, biggest a different, that's a different game. But nonetheless, the public stuff is like, yeah, has it become so crowded? Are the states managing it properly? I don't know. I don't know. There's some opinions out there that would say otherwise, that they're not. And that, like, R3, which is recruit, reactivate, retain, to get more hunters in, there, there's a narrative of, like, now that is a problem because they don't have anywhere to go. Like, so when I say access, I, I don't mean, like, literally where do I access this property. I mean, like, the amount of land that might be huntable. Um, and I don't know, those that don't know, or maybe those, some, some do, I don't know to what extent, but we are a 2% certified brand, which means we give 1% of our total revenue, which every year is growing. So that's getting more fun to cut that check. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, that was a lot more than the year before it was. <laughs> 1%, okay. Cool, we're doing good, I guess. Um, to we, we donate to Waukesha County Land Conservancy, and we do it very locally because we're very small and we're local right here. So if we as we earn more, we'll be able to do more. But currently, 1% is going to Waukesha County Land Conservancy, and they take that money, they buy private property, and allow public access for hunting. And so for all kinds of stuff. And all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Like all Just stuff. Public recreation. I mean, there's Morel mushroom hunting, of people out there. You can hike in, walk in. Shed hunt. Like all of their properties are available, are available for all rec, like basic recreation. Not all are available for hunting. Quite a few are. Some have a draw. Some are open access. They're beautiful properties. And those are like, quote, unquote, secret spots almost. Um, be just because it's limited. Like there's not, it's not as crowded. The it's limited access, but it's access nonetheless. And so, like for me, you know, we're a brand that's giving back to the very problem we're talking about in a very small, small way. But we're trying, and it's what we can do for now. Um, the I'd secret. Like <coughs> Sorry, say no. I just say I like to know that our dollars are going to something that we give a shit about. Yeah, which is a huge deal. In conservation is what it is. The public, the public piece is is such a big piece to just the general public because not everyone has access right yep. to, to the private piece and there are plenty of people who do and that's great whether that's through family or through uh, financial situation can afford to pay out because leases are you know going nowhere but up um 
But one of the biggest changes that I've seen is obviously like the use of these basically digital platforms, right? So like before to seek out public land, especially in an area where we live now, say the southern half of Wisconsin, which is a more metropolitan, more populated area, the public pieces were like harder to find. It wasn't vast tracks. So like little pieces that like we may now access because we have on our phones through whatever app or Spartan Forge shows you where it is. Before that, you had to do some work. So, like, you had to either go to the courthouse, get the plat book, buy the plat book, or, like, have some way of determining what is public and what is open to hunting when now it's so easy and there's not a person that you run into in the woods that doesn't have so an app- some ways, mapping application. Access has been easier because we have technology, but because it's easier, the amount of people accessing it has increased. And on that same note, just be careful, any of the new guys out there, just because a piece of property is marked public on these apps does you not mean build, it is open yeah. for hunting. So you really got to be careful because on like our big, every state's got their own, like we have Wisconsin Rut Report and a couple different hunting like social media sites. But you'll see guys posting, you know, a screenshot of like a city property and saying like, anybody been out here? How's the hunting? And it's like, that is not open for hunting. Don't go out there with your weapon. You're going to get in trouble. <laughs> like, bad idea. You, We've called the DOT for DOT land. Because even though it's labeled potentially public and it says DOT, like, every little plot is a little bit different. And a lot of it has to do within the city limits. So sometimes you have to call your local municipality and talk to. Yep. In some cases, I had to talk to two different heads of the city because neither didn't, neither knew. And I was yeah. like, what? You, I, I'm Ooh. a ping pong. Like, you said to talk to him. He said to talk to you. Like, guys. I'm talking to the only two people that should know what this is, and neither of you have an answer for me. And there's sketchy properties like, like that. Wh- then what do you, d- like, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Um, and we found some city ordinances on other properties where someone said, you're trespassing. I'm like, the hell I am. <laughs> I printed off the ordinance. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. You know? Uh, which is good to cover your tracks. It's better to yeah. know than not to know. Like it says right here, and here's the map, and here's the, like, the city ordinance, blah, blah, and 289 says this is permissible. I was uh, I came across a pretty interesting one not very long ago. I think it was just before Christmas. Um, I was driving by this piece of property on my way to work, and I was looking to do some late season bow hunting. Yep. And it's public on the map, but it said like what it was labeled as was not like county land. It, it wasn't city. It was some kind of government land, but it was a big chunk of land. So I, was like, I had to figure out if okay. they allow hunting here. So I like emailed the police chief of that township, and I got the weirdest answer. I got like, <laughs> yes, there is, I can permit you to hunt there and give you permission if you can tell me who the property owner is, who owns that property, and that you have permission there. And I was like, well, I've seen guys out there hunting before, so I was like, I'm just trying to figure out what the story is. And he's like, yeah, so you'll have to figure out who the property owner is and then get back to me. and <laughs> I'll tell my deputy that you're out there and it'll be okay. And I was like... This sounds like a little roundabout loophole way for somebody's buddies to be able to get out there without normal public access. So I was like, this, there's probably more of these than you think there are. Because it was like, no straight answer. <laughs> all like, What's the passcode? Well, what's, uh, what's the security uh, word? Yeah, you can hunt there if you only shoot does. <laughs> Interesting. We have some calls. Good. I'd I love to hear uh, what it's like in you know, other others, states, other yeah. places, or other experiences. Bryce, you're live on the show. How's it going, man? Hey, uh, my obviously you know my name is Bryce. Uh, Derek, I was the guy with the uh, okay sticker on the white pickup truck when you were a muzzleloader. Hey, buddy, you were how, you, how you doing, Bryce? 
Good. I actually was wanting to call in for a little while and, you know, mention that event of us, you know, me running into the OKS crews and the Ghost Bucks guys. Yep. Yep. Am I getting their name right? Yeah, you are. That's our buddy, and uh, I, Bo. I, I'd like to say that one running into, you know, that crew and you guys was a great experience on public land. Um, I've had a lot of experiences where running into hunters on public land, they'll ask me, you know, questions and stuff like that. And I think it's our, our job as hunters. It's obviously not our spot. It's public land and us, ourselves as hunters want other people to have success as well and share the land. So while I was out there, we had another pheasant hunter come up to us and they were like, well, have you been seeing any birds? So we gave him some areas where he was, we were seeing birds and we sat around for about 10 minutes, you know, strategizing how we can hunt together as well. That's awesome. So you didn't tell him, no, no, we've seen zero birds. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. No, That's fantastic. No, I didn't tell that... him, oh, no, we saw no birds. There's yeah. no birds here. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> People do that. But that is, and if so that guy had a positive experience and then shot birds, like that is the kind of positivity, like I think that goes further and far beyond the, the reaches of any social media bullshit. Like that is the best, best exemplar of being a good hunter in our community, lifting I'd others up like above your own needs. Like if that person had a little kid with them, of course you'd point in the right, dir- in the right direction. Why wouldn't you treat them the same way if they didn't have a, like, as long as they weren't a dick. I knew these were going to be good guys right away. We ah. pulled up and I saw my tag, my hunt sticker. And I was like, yep. All right. Somebody's been, somebody knows what's up. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We, and I had the okay Fisher sticker on that same truck. So <laughs> are you going to that icebreaker that they have this weekend? I'm hoping the ice is safe. Yes, me and my friend will be attending that if the ice is safe. Yeah, I know Greg and Matt and a couple of the guys who were at our uh, buddy Eric uh, Tasker's house the other night were planning on going out, but in talking with a couple of buddies, I mean, even Bo, my buddy Ghost Bucks Hunting, go check it out on YouTube. Um, we're supposed to go up and do the annual Pelican Lake fishing at the end of February, and today we were talking, he's like, I, uh, I don't even think it's going to be possible. The ice is just... It's not Crap good at all. Everywhere. I yeah. mean, this warm weather, that snow on top, it's all slush and mush and nasty. I hope you guys can get out this I, weekend, Bryce, but I don't know, man. It's going to be wet. Yeah, I was just up in Vilas County uh, ice fishing. I took a little weekend getaway, and there was about four uh, four inches of slush on top of the ice all the way up there in Vilas. Ooh. Yeah. So I don't know if going to be or anything like that, but... Yeah, well, hey, yeah. I hope we... Uh... I, I think that... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, I think it is our job as people who hunt public land to, yes, it it might suck if you see other people at your spot, but I think we need to remember that this is public land and this is money that our tax dollars go to pay for for us to keep and people to maintain it and stuff like that and that the more people on the land, the more revenue the state gets from people buying the tags to hunt the public land, buying, you know, camping spots on the public land. Cause I hunt the Jackson County state forest where you got to pay to camp on the land. The more money that goes into that, the more, the better it's going to be. And the more people are going to see, Hey, this is still a hobby that is still around that we need to keep putting money into and not letting it die out. 
Absolutely. Yeah, it seems like uh, it could be a perpetual problem. Like it could perpetuate its own demise and be a self-fulfilling prophecy of some sort. If it were to continue to circle the drain, it might just continue to circle the drain. But if we can kind of reinvigorate some things here, um, and I think, you know, based on our mission, like the, the head shouldn't be biting the neck off or the neck shouldn't be biting the head off. Like if we're all on the same team here, treating each other fairly and kindly, like that's it's kind of solving a bit of a problem from within and perpetuating goodness, I think. But um, Bryce, thanks for the call, man. And glad you got to run into some of these guys. I wasn't there that day. Hopefully we bump into you again, buddy. Yes. Hey, I'll be hunting that land uh, either Sunday or something like that, chasing some uh, rabbits. Awesome. Good Sweet. luck to have you. Fun. I won't be out there, but good luck to you, man. Thanks. Uh, have a good day. You too. All right. Bye, Bryce. <clears throat> Got, uh, I know this guy. Will Bowen, one of our, our uh, hey. content creators for the, for the editorial. How you doing, Will? How's it going, guys? I can't believe it's taking me this long to call in. Oh, I'm glad we got you. Do that. I'm glad we got yeah. you, buddy. How you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty good. I was listening live, and I heard y'all talking about public land, and I was like, oh, my God, that's basically my life, especially <laughs> here in the next few months coming turkey season. So, yeah, I, I mean, y'all are doing a great job and a great job of talking about it, so I'm excited to see what y'all got going on. And are you? where are you out of? Is it Arkansas? I, I'm from Arkansas originally, but I live in southeast Missouri now. But I, I go back and forth all the time. So I hunt Arkansas just as much as Missouri. Okay, so I wasn't but, completely wrong. Um, you weren't too far off. <laughs> Talk about what what's it like down there? Uh, believe it or not, I hold uh, believe it or not, I hold a lifetime license in Arkansas, even though I live in Missouri. So oh. I'm technically a, res, a hunting resident of two states. So I lucked out on that before hey, I moved. Why not? That's, That's great. great. Yeah, hell yeah. Way to do it, man. I know. Uh, but no, I hunt public land in Missouri, Arkansas, Oklahoma, hopefully Wisconsin in the next couple of years. I, I've been trying to bounce around and go see some different places, and pretty well public land has been the only reason that I've been able to do that efficiently and cost-effectively. So, Well, when you come um, up here, we'll feed you bourbon and, just and, and bring you on the radio here. Just, we'll, we'll get you in the studio when you come to Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'd love to come up. You'll just have to kind of point me in the direction of some public land comms. <laughs> hey, happy to do so. I will be the first to share, but I would say you, I'd be the last person you want to get spots from. <laughs> so I take, yeah, it's a little, oh, I'll give you my spots. And you're like, oh, cool. I'm getting from the OKS Hunter. <laughs> Woohoo. <laughs> but tell me, like, basically, so I don't know how long you've been listening, but like, we're talking about public land as we know it from the, the you know, our proximity of being from Wisconsin. I know Derek's hunted uh, Illinois and such, but. What about down by you? Does that narrative play out similarly down south where you're at? Uh, absolutely. You know, and it, uh, and like I said, I hunt public land in two different states pretty consistently, and I've, I've been on both extremes. I've lived in northeast Arkansas where a big piece of public ground might be five or 6,000 acres, and it might be shared for two counties worth of people. So, hmm. you know, it's, it's busy pretty well all the time. There are no secret spots. Weekday hunting is what gets you gets you by. And then I've lived in Missouri the last couple of years where I live amongst the Mark Twain National Forest. We have hundreds of thousands of acres, you know, kind of sparse population throughout part of the state. And, you know, I might go out on October 4th, which might be a Tuesday, and be, have 5,000 acres to myself bow hunting. So it, I've been on both ends. Now, turkey hunting, there's people everywhere all the time. So that's just how that goes. 
is your turkey season a more condensed season? Like you get just a limited amount of time, so everybody kind of hits the woods at the same time, or how do you guys do it in Missouri? Yeah, absolutely. So Arkansas and Missouri both mirror each other's seasons. I think this year it comes in on Monday the 15th and then goes out sometime around the first weekend in May, maybe the second weekend. I haven't haven't looked at it that close, but both states are about the same. You get three weekends, two to three full weeks, and like I said, that, that's when everybody takes off, so everybody's hitting the woods hard. Yep. Interesting. So, and that's and that's in most states I, I've hunted. I've hunted, like I said, I've hunted turkeys in four different states and pretty well all public land, and, you know, if you're fortunate to go out west or something where the state stay open longer like till the end of may or places like michigan where they stay open into the first week of june you know you might be able to get away from pressure because people are tired of having their butt kicked all season (laughs) but then you might also run into a little extra you might run into extra pressure because that's the only thing still open so that's where people are flocking to but um no it's it's pretty well been a universal experience everywhere i've been so we're kind of talking about how our you know, Department of Natural Resources or how our state or, you know, our our lawmakers are also, you know, helping and handling the demand for public land. And maybe that's one thing that Wisconsin, maybe we're doing that right with our turkey season. We've got Very six staggered. different seasons, each a week long, comes in on a Wednesday, goes out on a Tuesday. So it kind of spreads out. I mean, as much as you want to think about it, it spreads out pressure over six different week-long periods. So there's still guys, but there's you know less people, which I, I think that's probably better than having two or three weekends where everybody is trying to get it done. I mean, that's got to be very difficult, I'd imagine. That's probably why the hunting public guys are sleeping in their truck at 3.30 at the spot <laughs> trying to claim the spot, you know? The last two turkeys I've killed in Missouri were both on public land, and they were both opening morning birds, and I was parked at my spot at uh, 4.30. 4, 15, 4 a.m., and then had to sit there and watch person after person turn around, turn around, because they're <laughs> driving in and seeing my truck. So that's a, that's something I experienced a lot. And just because you got there two hours before they did doesn't necessarily turn everybody around. It's, mm-hmm. it's their right just as much as yours. And, you know, yeah, I they, try to be as non-confrontational right there and be like, hey, I'm walking with a you. way to work those things out. Yeah. But um, it can be kind of frustrating, as you can imagine. Turkey is one of those things but where I think I, a lot of people go I will never morning. I will never bash our Department of Conservation either, but, you know, there's things I wish every state could probably do a little bit better, and Missouri's one that has had such a historically high turkey population, and, you know, I wish they would do a few other things, either shorten the season, go to lottery draw, something to, you know, protect our birds and game here. I mean, we got deer like crazy. I mean, I'm not worried about them, but turkey hunting on public land and just in the state in general, it's kind of struggling. So, I mean, I wish there was something else we could do as hunters to make that a better reality for everybody. Go talk to Paul, our, uh, the host of the Turkey Season podcast on our network. He's one of the folks over at NWTF. I don't know if I've ever met someone that cares more about turkeys than that guy. <coughs> he is it's, devoted. It's like, Very devoted man. Yeah, I don't know if you heard any of that, any of the shows he's put out yet, but it's it's pretty cool stuff. Very interesting. Um Turkey's a whole other thing. I know a lot of guys will go before work, and a lot of times they're like, "I already killed a bird. I'm going into work." Like I think you've done that. I my I gotta be at school at ten after <laughs> seven, and I think I've killed six of my last seven birds before work. <laughs> That's crazy. And the one I got, I got right I've and early cho- too. Go ahead, Will. I've actually chose. I've actually chosen my 
the job I have in my career path because of hunting and having a flexible schedule. So I can go in at nine or 10 during turkey season and I can take off at two or three during deer season. So, I mean, I've pretty well built my life around being able to get out there and hunt. <laughs> Cheers to that, sir. Yeah, bud. Way to go. <laughs> Hell of a writer, too. You've been pumping out a lot of good articles for us. Um, appreciate you staying on and being a a contributor for us. It's really nice. We've we got a number of folks that work within the freelance you know, writing community, but we, I think we work with you probably the most, or at least the most consistently. I've got a lot to write about and a lot of stuff to air out. Hopefully all of it's good. <laughs> yeah, I do it over a, a microphone with a with a bottle of bourbon. If I start putting pen to paper, I, it doesn't make like by the time yeah. the thought gets to the, my fingertips, it's all messed up. Like I don't write like I speak. I start to add colorful words that don't make sense. I wouldn't otherwise say because I'm like, well, I'm writing. <laughs> Should use adjectives. I like to write because you get edit it. You can't edit, you know, spoken thought. <laughs> this is true we are aware of that I'm aware one of that. we're aware of that every tuesday every we're, we're live we're, we're reminded very abruptly i never look back yeah you know, there might be some things said at the end of the podcast that should have been edited you know beforehand but yeah, yeah. you know a few drinks kind of stop that yeah. are we still live oh shit oh <laughs> the mic's hot the mic's hot oh. that's funny well, thanks for the call, man. It's good to hear another alternative perspective from a different part of the country on the topic. Absolutely. Y'all keep up the good work, and I hope to hear from you soon. All right. Thanks a lot, brother. Good. Have a good night. See y'all. Um, the other thing that's happening, so I, another guy I talked with at the uh, headshot, who I've known for a number of years now. Uh, he was a guest when we were back in the Where to Hunt days. Uh, Nick DeCastro, who runs a company called Land Trust. Land Trust is an interesting name for the company because it's actually a term you use when there's a land trust. Mm -hmm. So the fact that's the name of the company is interesting, but it's essentially like a day lease where like he's getting public access from private landowners that are monetizing that access through recreation, primarily excuse me, hunting. So if I go landtrust.com or renttohunt.com or private acre or outdoor access or there's so many of these companies there's a bunch of them there really are um each kind of speak to their own geographic market so like rent a hunt is a wisconsin-based company i don't know if they're still around or not a lot of these companies had a hard time with their business model because of insurance because the company has to carry insurance to cover the landowner and the recreator and a lot of insurance policies change their like legal stuff and then it it kind of effed those companies out of their business like they couldn't actually run it then um and i think there's some nuances that i'm not a lawyer i just know about this stuff because the app had me playing very closely with a lot of those companies because we flirted with an acquisition um to one of those types of companies and that's a really cool thing because if you can't afford a full-on lease maybe you open up one of these apps or web apps or whatever and you find oh there's a property you know 10 miles away for a hundred bucks, I can go hunt it this week, and I will be the only person on that property. And bonus, it's normally private property, and you can almost stake claim to that for a whole season if you want to shell out a grand, which is probably still cheaper than a full-on lease for a forty-acre or something like that. Yeah, depending on the property, you know, if it looks good. And a lot of times, they're they're just like an Airbnb or a Verbo or whatever. They're trying to find ways to promote their property. Like, we offer this, we accommodate that, we have warm towel. I don't know, whatever the hell, right? Like. 
they'll upsell. So they'll actually, but we have four cameras. Here's the, Sign me up. Here's, the <laughs> here's the pictures of the bucks that are on my property. Here's the sheds I found this season. And they're like promoting it. So there's a lot of, you know, the Spartan Fords and the Onyxes and the HuntWise and the Hunt Stand and all these platforms that have like created those digital plot books, so to speak, that have mitigated our ability to access uh, public land to some degree. It's made it a lot easier. You don't have to go to the library with a plot book for the county. Good if you wanted to. Unnecessary. Necessary? No. Is that necessary? <laughs> no, but I like it. <laughs> but so then, then, then you have this other technology that just pops up. It's like people are constantly trying to use technology to solve our problems. I mean, I'm trying to do something similar. I don't know if the app that we're building is gonna going to work at all. I fundamentally believe it will, but I'm one dude with one perspective. So like, I've yet to have someone challenge me in a way that makes me not believe that it'll work in some way. I think it's going to be a relief valve and help disperse people, much like the turkey season disperses people. <coughs> I think you're, the app that you're talking about is probably now more prevalent than ever. You know what I mean? I think more prevalent yeah. now, more needed now, more desired now than it was in 2014. <laughs> I think so. You know what I mean? I think it was a little too early for my time. You were Honestly. just an innovator, and you were just thinking, you're, <laughs> did you plan COVID? Is that your, was that part of your ploy? Oh, to get this? If we could have launched then, we could have The public crushed. land, yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Dude, app development's a total pain in the ass. Um, and if you don't have a good revenue model, like, good fucking luck. It's, it's just not going to work because you can't self-sustain. I mean, unless you maybe you have deep enough pockets, but I didn't, to, to sustain the economics of that. That's why I died on the vine. So the next one has some things that can make it profitable and Something like that, something like that, right, is going to play big dividends, pay big dividends to smaller areas, more densely populated areas with smaller pieces of public. Mm -hmm. Anything around here, mm -hmm. that's going to make a world of difference. And then, like, we were just talking to Will, and Will was talking about, like, Mark Twain National Forest, hundreds of thousands of acres. Well, Wisconsin, we're, we're blessed. We've got a lot of public land. We do. And where we grew up hunting, right, yep. like, northern Wisconsin, north of Highway 64, we have national forests with tens of thousands and thousands of acres. And as we were just talking about before this podcast, there's a new bill that has Go been ahead if you want to. Well, no, I'd love to tee it up for you because you were the one who brought it up. New bill that had been proposed. A new bill had been proposed to ban doe hunting in the northern hemisphere of Wisconsin. You can look at the actual list of counties. Um, I think it's like the 20 plus counties. Yeah. And it's for four years they want to do it. Mm -hmm. Four years, no does, because the population up there is sucking wind so bad. And there's a number of factors. Severe winters, which the northern part of the state will have a severe winter, and the, the southern part will have a, a low to moderate. Totally different. Wolves are uh, a big issue. Bears are a, a really big issue. Coyotes are an issue. Things that are eating up these fawns, like they're not making it through winters. It's harsh. So I think that is one tool in the toolbox to help. I'm fearful that it would just stay that way. Uh, or like, well, the can we take the same? It's like, if I could cancel paying my mortgage for the next year, if I didn't then also take that money to pay down debt or do something else productive with it, I wouldn't be totally capitalizing. So like, if we're going to shut down doe hunting, then let's also go kill some fucking canines. Yeah. Like, it should be both things because we're in a severe scenario. Let's double double up on our efforts to do uh, something good here rather than just deploy one thing. But they did say in the bill that this is a temporary plan until we get a full strategic plan in place. I, but I don't know what that full strategic plan is, and it hasn't been proposed. <coughs> the full strategic plan would definitely have to <laughs> take into account 
like you said, all the predatory species and how to manage all those predatory yeah. species. Like we were talking about bear populations. Are bear populations very high? Thirty-five thousand or something like that, I think. Yet in our zone B of our bear zones here in Wisconsin, um, a good buddy of mine, Josh, just drew his tag twelve years. Okay. To get the tag, right? And this is another way to disperse, you know, the amount of hunters in one year. It's not open to the general public. You got to pay and generate points. Man, if that's part of the problem, if that's the main root of the problem, we got to loosen those up a little bit. Like we got to, yeah. we have to manage those resources. It's a shame that the northern half of our state is home to the vast majority of public land in Wisconsin. Yet, it the population of deer is so, so down so then we're that we have to talk here. about eliminating opportunities for the general yeah. public for four years to try to somehow reinvigorate the population, the hunting. Like that, that's a damn shame. And like we gotta we gotta figure that out. If the DNR, if the biology department doesn't have a plan, we gotta we gotta be working on that. And I'm sure they are. But like this is important. We yep. we've gotta figure this and out. And I don't know if the bill will get passed or not. I don't know how likely it is that it will. Yeah, it hasn't passed. It's, it's just been proposed. Of, it, there's gonna be a lot of visceral opinions of people that are either closest or far from or think they have an opinion. Then don't even get me started on the people that are like I think some of the comments on the, the news articles I was seeing getting posted on social were like, Don't you hunters eat enough? Maybe we shouldn't be killing anything. And I'm like, shut up, Karen. Like, get out of here. <laughs> so I don't know how because like those people are invited to go to those same hearings as well. They're part of the population of the public that pays for the taxes. Like, you're gonna be up against those Yahoos <laughs> just as much as you are the ones that are like, Yahoo! I'm not for this. I am for this. There's gonna be a lot of opinions floating around, and it's gonna get weird for a minute. It always does. I've been to just like even local municipality meetings for like punching through a street in our neighborhood, and it was fucking cuckoo. Oh yeah. Like, I'm like. <laughs> They come out of the woodwork. <laughs> I mean, they like, you're my neighbor? What's out of the woodwork. Wild. And so this will do something similar. I'm, I'm sure of it. And I, God, I would not want to be in that room. Um, I, maybe I would be. But I don't and know, everybody's I, got opinions, right? On, you're allowed on to this, have them. It's okay. On this or that or not. How we should manage this and that. But hopefully they have a larger picture to present at this. To be like, yes, we're doing this as a stopgap. Meanwhile, yes. we're formulating other plans that we're going to have to be able to present in the next year. So two years in, we'll have a better, ro more robust plan. And some of those things may include, you know, predation and so forth. Like it's, They're going to have to come up with uh, – biologists, wildlife biologists have to come up with something that's, you know, scientifically sound, that's going to work, that's strategic. But, like, from the average person's viewpoint, right? I, like I, know, I know plenty of people who hunt yep. up there. I've hunted You're up from there. there. You're yeah. from You have um, land up there. And the population is definitely down. Like mm -hmm. deer numbers, the further north you go, the worse it gets. By like 30%. And what you, yeah, that's, even the deer kill has been dropped yeah. like 20 That's what I mean, sorry. The, yeah. The, the kill Which is huge. Is down, yeah. Unbelievable. Over a quarter, that, that's wild. Um, but like just driving up there in the last 10 years, I would say, you, I mean, any little town, like the deer are concentrating around town. And yep. a lot of people are saying, you know, it's due to, you know, bird feeders and, you know, food sources, which could very possibly be. But it's also where predators don't want to be is in people's backyards, right? Mm -hmm. Like bears and, yeah, bears like bird feeders and stuff, wolves. Like the deer are seeking refuge, I think, <laughs> from the predators, right? They're birthing their fawns in people's yards behind the shed to try to keep them away from the things that are doing them harm, which right now aren't the people who live at the house. It's the damn bear out there who's smelling in the spring and, you know, going and eating a whole bunch of fawns. Yep. That's just, you know, my unscientific No, I think that's a observation. Interesting. I like that. Uh, one of the questions that came through, what, and you might know this. I don't, I don't know it. And if Greg were here, he probably would know. 
Um, was there any limit on doe tags in that area? Yes. So there had they've been limited. I mean, they have a certain quota that they put out in each unit. Like a couple of years ago, they broke down the state into it used to be by county, then they broke them up by like management units. So there would be like a northern forest in one county, but like the southern half had egg land, so that was mm -hmm. like southern farmland zone. So they've tried to like break it up in a way that they can manage the population more efficiently, which is great, and that's you know that's a good idea. Um, and I think. I think they've given out, it's not been a ton. It's not unlimited. Like, each person got one. Some of the counties maybe had, like, 3,500 enter list tags that they gave out. How many of those are getting filled are obviously down 28%. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they, they weren't crazy, crazy high numbers. I, I don't know it off the top of my head, but I know that they're, these counties aren't giving out tons and tons of enter list tags. This next comment, I can't take seriously. It's a doozy. Viagra lace deer food drop from planes equals more deer. I don't think Viagra would have the same effect on a deer as it would a male human. Almost One way to find out, Clark. I don't want to see a bunch of deer run around boners. <laughs> That's a nightmare waiting to happen. Levi Carey, it's sanctuary from hunting pressure, too. Yeah, as you were just saying. I think sanctuary that, from hunting That's a really pressure. interesting Hunting from all sorts of. Yeah. Coyotes, wolves, bears. I mean, there's mountain lions, but they're not that prevalent. I think they're around, but. And like there's I more bears than anything else, but the wolves, do they. they their territories are large. Like a pack of wolves was at 12. <coughs> we got 1,000. We got 1,035. 1,035 wolves in the state, from what I've read. I think that number is fair. I mean, I don't know if it's accurate, but divide that by 12. How many packs is that in that northern hemisphere? And 12 is an average. I'm making up a number. Like, I just know packs can range from, you know, yeah. 8 to 12 to 20. I, they're very familia. Familia? They're family. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Me familia. Vin Diesel. <laughs> Is a wolf. Family. <laughs> Family. Man, and it, yeah, there's just, I mean, that's a, that's a whole can of worms. But I, I miss hunting up north a lot, a lot, a lot. I miss the the vastness of it, just the tranquility of it. I, I miss the fact that it is, that there are wolves and bears up there, that you're not alone. You're not the apex out there. That feeling gets into your bones in a different way. I talked about this when I had uh, Zach Kenson with the OKS Trapper, how, like, being in those types of scenarios, it flips a different switch in your brain. It like scratches a different itch. It totally maybe does. you didn't know then you just had. hunting down here, like it, which is fine. Like I hunt down here, and I can like oh, sleep on the ground. Don't matter. Nothing's gonna get me down here. Like maybe I'll get attacked by a vicious otter, <laughs> which is a thing. <laughs> but like, there's no deer up there. So I I appreciate that we're taking steps to solve the problem. But what is the big picture? And also, when we considered the app and the public land dispersion and things of that nature, if they had a plentiful population up there, we wouldn't have as much crowding down this part of the state. No. Now, this is a more populous part of the state of Wisconsin. There are more people living outside of the suburbs of Madison and Milwaukee than up north. You have Green Bay and Appleton, but you continue to go up north, and it just gets more rural and rural and yeah. rural. So at least for gun hunting season, it would make a big difference. I think a lot of people have rehomed themselves. A lot of people used to go and now north, yeah. right? Like, and that's kind of when the deer camps slowly started to fade away. The populations went down. So now it's like, why am I driving three and a half, four hours to, to go up there to somebody. not see a deer over the next and nine days? And if you're a meat hunter and you can't kill those for the next four years, then you're not seeing shit anyways. Now you got to hope on a prayer that you're going to see a buck? Yeah. <sighs> so for anyone who's strictly a firearm hunter, guess what's those are going to the southern units. And guess what that's going to do? I mean, 
this, this economics. It's whack-a-mole. But the economics, right? Like, yep. if they don't have a good snowmobile season, all those little mom-pop shops and restaurants and bars and this and that, like, that's The business owners don't have a, uh, something to say about it, too. Like it's all a the, big thing. What's going to happen to all the bush and, and ham sales that happen? Dude, after, after Labor Day... It's a ghost town. Stuff slows down until hunting season. Yeah. Stuff. It's a tough thing. There's a lot of different moving parts. It's complex like it always is. Yep. But uh, there's definitely an issue that needs to be looked at, and hopefully somebody with some kind of degree that's way more I just <laughs> educated that they, than that we they, are. If they're going to close down shop on does, then like let's open up shop on the wolves. Yeah, if we can just transfer can, like the interest, the hunting capability. Because then you'll still get hunters out there for a different reason. Yep. You'll still have license tags for wolves. You still have not in the droves of deer camp would would bring, but yeah, I think it could offset a little bit of it. And then yeah, make hay while the sun's shining. Like you can't go kill does, well now I can go kill wolves. Yeah, and if and if wolves are not the problem, the problem is the coyote population is real high. Or nuts, like yeah. open up a bounty on some coyotes. Let's go. Always thought it would be interesting to chat out over time the amount of hunting license sales versus accessible public lands. I feel like that's something that is balanced at the DNR, right? It has to be. The what? The balance between how many licenses are sold versus how much public land there is to access. Like I so. If I think it would be something like how many hunters per square foot, you know, given license tag sales, license sales against the amount of public land that is huntable. If you could differentiate what license was being used on public versus private. And you can because you have to purchase. For Angelus tags. Okay. You can purchase, actually, you know, your Angelus tags. It tells tags. you what are you going to, yeah. well, yeah, what tells you where you take. <laughs> and, that's, and that's always the other management issue is like. A lot of the highest populations in the state are on private you lands, which you have Give no your, um, pull up your Spartan Forge. My phone's on TikTok over there. Let's see if you, hopefully you got it on there and it's uh, updated. I want to check something. So, and I showed up my computer screen, but that would take too long. They have a feature that will give you something. I don't know who the Facebook user is that commented here, but it'll tell you something similar to that. Like, this is how much public land that state has. This is how many hunters bought licenses. And so we could maybe do, uh, I mean, you don't want me doing the math if anyone knows me, but someone could probably run some sort of equation here to figure out what Sorry. that looks like. I might be able to just log into my computer and share my screen. That'll be easier for all the other people in the audience. Log in. Now I probably know my login information off the top of my head. Oh, that was wrong. Let's go down there. Oh, oh, oh. No. I might beat you. You're going to beat me. Bitch. I just I don't know if I know how to do it on the. It just did the old classic iPhone like <laughs> re re <laughs> revamp, and my phone doesn't revamp down here. So I have it open. Sorry, on my, I on failed my you all. That's okay. So I wanted to see. Um, I'll zoom in too much here, people. Holy cow. There is, I just don't know. I can do it on my phone. I don't know if I can do it on here or not. <coughs> Um, we were talking before about using, you know, different apps about like checking for public land and then making sure it's accessible to hunting. Um, I would say, don't be afraid to like reach out to these municipalities or public, whatever they are, like townships, counties and ask, because I was in a situation earlier this fall where I was emailing, preparing for a hunt and I emailed a small municipality about okay some publicly owned land and asked if it was open for archery hunting. Yep. And they said no, but that's being proposed to open this up. So email back in a couple months 
because next season it may be open. And I was like, dang, if it's the first season that it's open, I sure would like to be one of the first people to get on there and do a little hunting. Oh, yeah, dude. Because that's going to be that's gonna be a dynamite spot. So, um, no, I'm not going to tell you what property that was, so get out of here because <laughs> that's for me to know and you to find out. But never hurts to ask. I can't. There might be a way to do this on the on the uh, on your phone. On your phone, there, I mean, there might be a way to do it on the computer, but I can't figure it out right now. But there is a way to do it on the phone. So if you're in there on your phone and you're looking at a certain property, it'll tell you all those stats for that state. It'll tell you this. Oh is yeah, yeah. Were sold. I've seen that before. I just don't know how to get to it on the computer. I was hoping I could figure it out real quick to answer that question, but um, another reason I guess to go to Spartan Forge and check it out and make sure you're using it on your phone for that purpose. Otherwise, the computers. They, they also have this thing where you can do two screens on one screen now. So if you want to look at different layers at the same time. Oh, like your it up and aerial and your topo? Yeah. So now you Solid. can see it side by side rather than trying to, like, I don't know. Have Google Maps open all the time with your mapping <laughs> applications. <laughs> yeah. Pretty neat. Uh, special interest groups can help with predators by offering bounties themselves and not relying on DNR. Like what? Like well, do you have any of those here? Um, I don't know about special interest groups, but there are, like, they don't offer bounties, but we have plenty of, like, tournaments, predator tournaments. Just like we have, like, Kay. rabbit tournaments here in Wisconsin. There's oh, yeah. there's plenty of places up north that have coyote tournaments. And, I mean, it it raises uh, it raises some negativity just as much as it does help with stuff because people, people don't like that because that's killing for killing, Sport. right? Like, that's not – it, it it seems different to people yeah. who aren't in that realm. Yeah. And, I, and I totally get that. I totally get what they're coming from. It just seems, wow, like, look I at all these guys going out. Too. They're drinking murdering. beer. It's at a bar. Like these guys are just drunken hunters. They're going out there killing everything. Yeah. And like, it's tough. It's a tough one. Foundation for Wildlife Management reimburses wolf hunting expenses in the Rocky Mountains West. A number of local municipalities are opening hunting access on a lottery system by which hunters can use nuisance tags issued to the town or city. So yeah, there's there's so many cool things. Like we talked about the Waukesha Land Conservancy. We talked about those apps that exist. There's there's more things than that, and also like the DNR has MFL, VPA, voluntary public access, managed forest law, crop damage tags. There are a lot of different ways. You, you can get a little creative here. you got to do some exploration research in your own state, township, area, so forth, to figure out what you have. A lot of like county parks and state parks open up hunting and have different regulations. We have a state park with guns. A lot of that's lottery or yep. sign in or yep. get drawn for a special Anytime hunt. there's a lottery or draw, it... I think it's. I personally enjoy it because it's less hunters on one property that have that public <coughs> access. So at least you've mitigated yourself from like the the masses. And you're already anything that's difficult that you're like, ah, I don't want to do that. No one else wants to do it either. Right. So like those are the properties that typically are like, that's a way to, like you just said. There used to be a draw system people. on a state park. They've changed how they did. They had to have a special park permit pass. And I would bring all my buddies into this place of business where I worked because there's a lot of computers there. And I'd set everyone up at a workstation. And it was like buying a Taylor Swift concert ticket. Bye. <laughs> and then it didn't work for some people because it was that fast. Like, they sold out in, like, seven seconds. Seven seconds. It's like me waiting for my bonus turkey check. It was crazy. <laughs> and so if you didn't get it, you weren't coming to hunting camp because it's like, well, <laughs> guess dad ain't coming this year. Better luck next year, bud. <laughs> <laughs> that actually happened. My dad didn't come one year because he didn't get the draw. <laughs> Shit. It was, it was like, he's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> it was like, I was like, oh, no, he didn't get it. And everyone's like, what are we going to do? Chuck's not going to be there? I was like, I don't know. We're going. <laughs> like, we got it. We got to go. And he didn't go one year. It was crazy. Crazy. But that was cool because, like, I think they only allowed 60 
it was like 60, then 80, then 120, and now it's open season there. But um, I don't know that everyone even knows it because they had this special park permit pass in place. And still, they only allow hunting. Bow hunting opens up only the, the seven days preceding the gun opener. Mm. So it's like a virgin property, and it's a state park, so there's a lot of hikers and stuff. So the deer are just a little bit different there. Like, you can get away with a little bit more. I think so. Like the, stuff the, like that is cool. The like key word there was public hunting. not everybody knows it, right? And mm-hmm. that's not like just to like, that's dangerous. Because I've been on properties before that are like have some sort of special stipulation. All of a sudden it's like, shit. Can I be, can I be hunting here? And like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of instances where you just got to be careful. Well, a lot of people get really protective first. of property, too. Like, there's Ask a lot of non-hunters that are like, hey, you're not first. supposed to be here. And it's like, yeah, I can be here. Like, oh, so you did check the thing? Like, they'll just come out guns blazing and tell you you can't until you tell them you can. And like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, you can. I just was going to tell you you couldn't. But I've seen th- people on public land, like, put up, like, if there's, like, a gate or a chain to enter, they'll close it. Like, the hunters will close it to make it seem as though it's off limits. They'll put up knockdown signs. They'll, Dude, I've seen some sketchy shit. In the name of trying to, like... I've seen guys... Prohibit others from accessing it. Yes, I've seen guys on MFL, which is open... You know, MFL open property yep. here in Wisconsin. Managed forest law land. Mm-hmm. I've seen guys who don't own the property and are accessing, hunting it publicly, put up trespassing, no trespassing signs on the entrance. That's, like, marked on the map. Yep. Like, enter property here. That. And they've, like, pff, just no trespassing signs so that they can be the only ones to hunt it. That is That's where ego and greed... Pff, yep. Have no place. Like if you find yourself walking down that path, like you, you, you must know you're doing something wrong. Yeah, it's not worth it. Just don't do that. Anywho, public land. It is a resource. One that uh, honestly, someone argue with me if I say the word. It's a privilege. And they're like, well, it's, it's like my God-given right, you know. But there's so much buying up of land that this might become a rich man's thing, like. What goes on in Europe? You can't hunt anywhere unless you have private land, right? Is that yeah. how it works? You want to go hunt a freaking red stake? Good luck. Where are you going to do that? Yep. Private land, ranches, things of that nature. People keep buying up land, buying up land, buying up land, which is fine. You can, you're entitled to buy land. You work hard. You've earned enough money. I want to buy land. But, like, then there's these leases. How much of it is public? How much can stay public? I feel like the, we have enough protection on some of, the, like, the national forests, but I don't know where I'm going with this. The public land down here does change quite often. A lot of it's, like, developed. I've only been down here for four years, and I've been on properties, hunted properties that are no longer public, that are no longer open to hunting. Like, a number of properties that have changed. For real estate development, or what was it? Why did they change? MFLs that have gone in, that have gone out, that have been taken out of the program, voluntary public access stuff that's been taken in and out. Um, There's been some that are, like, uh, you know, your conservancy properties. Those change hands. Mm -hmm. Which ones are open? Change. To public year yep. to year changes. See, yeah, it's a privilege. It's a, but you do your homework because yep. you don't want to be the guy who did something wrong, not thinking you did something wrong. One so and just be careful. On the upside of that, I've always appreciated public land. Like I really do appreciate it. And if I run down hunters, which I have several times, I've just talked about it. Like I don't, I don't mind that much. It's kind of like, ah, oh, damn it. And that's about as far as it goes for me. Yeah. And then I move on. And usually I find something cooler, better, more fun, different, and I enjoy my time. Like it's. Exploring public land is never a time <coughs> poorly spent. You know what would help people let go of their spot on public land? Getting rid of trail cameras on public land. Did I just say that? Wait, what? You have how many? Eliminating trail cameras on public land? 
all for it. Do you it. think does that helps them lay claim to it? Yeah. As soon as you have a camera and you have you a deer on that it. camera, mentally, that's that's the deer you're going after. That spot. Well, and you certainly you found that spot. You ooh. You know, that, that, I would never hunt a spot that's hung, or I would never hunt someone's trail cam because I just think they're gonna show up. Yeah. But I bet you some others probably will be like, I'll hunt this. <laughs> Publicly? I don't know. I just wonder. And I don't know. There is etiquette there, right? Like, don't hunt it. So then the etiquette of claiming stands. So if you got rid of the trail cam, but then it, it wouldn't be. So a guy has 30 trail cameras. Is every one of those spots his? No, it should no, be. No, it's not. It's public land. Mm-hmm. I think you should, I think get him out of there. No, public land, you, you don't need it. Interesting. Go back to hunting. And I love trail cameras. I know you do. I think it would just alleviate all attentions. People would be friendlier. It'd be just. It's like it would. It's like it would. If the decision was made for you, the stress would go out the window, and you'd almost be a bit relieved. Yeah. Like, oh shit! Guess I can't use anymore. As much as well, I'm not gonna worry about that as a stressor. Interesting. Hunter Nation Wolf War Hunter Nation Info Session Armory Annual Extension January 31st and Antigo February 1st. Uh, Jared, I'm not exactly sure. What that is, if there's a link you have, put that in the comments. I wonder if that's a, um, like a county deer advisory something. meeting or something. Someone took a shit under my trail camera public this year. I let him have the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I've now laid my own claim. That poop is mine. This is now my spot. Did I ever tell you? That's hilarious. Did I ever tell you about the dog shit blind? Oh I think God. so. Yeah, I had to have. I'm pretty sure you had. Ref- refresh my Up memory. in the Nikolai National Forest, the week before gun season, my mom and I went out scouting for her. She was going to come hunting with me. I was probably 16. Yep. Took her out. I had a spot I was going to hunt, take my climber. She does not like going in the air. So we took some dead logs on the edge of the cedar swamp. We built her a little, you know, little fort, whatever, you know, piled some logs up, put a little chair in there. So in the morning, attacked it for her so she could get in. About 10 o'clock, no, it was earlier than that, 8 o'clock opening morning, um, I think I saw her walking a little bit, and like I got down out of my tree stand, and I wanted to go talk to her, I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I just, I just can't, I just can't be by the sentence swung with that blind. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay, so I go walking over there, and she had moved her chair, and she was sitting like 20 yards from the blind, and here, someone had brought in a five-gallon bucket of dog shit. And mm-hmm. spread it, taking the time to spread dog shit over all the logs of our blind. And they had pinned a note to the tree that said, I know it was you that stole my tree stand. Enjoy your day in this, enjoy your shitty day or something. And here was my little old mom. What a bold claim to just assume. <laughs> Four foot ten, Karen Melkor, happiest person ever, sit and full of dog shit. So somebody really was upset and Took a lot of time and effort. Wrong person, pal. <laughs> to walk in and put dog shit all over her body. <laughs> it was really something. I was like, this is pretty impressive. That's disgusting. <sighs> and weird. And weird. What it would take to get somebody to do that. Uh, I mean, you have to be so disgruntled to... G- have you ever heard of the poo dollar holler? Yeah. You know what that is? Yeah, you told me about this. <laughs> <laughs> Camping once and then, buddy... <laughs> buddies <laughs> at the campsite we're right like we're in like a mob walking from the bar back to the campsite or either or one or the other i don't know and uh, walk past these cabins like a lot of people rent the cabins and party we had a big old group cam- camping site and two of my buddies mike and jeremy like start bumping each other and racing towards this spot on the road and we're like what the hell's going on and it was like a 20 dollar bill or five dollar bill or something like that enough to the incentivize them to pick it up so they're like they both see this they both run towards it and uh, i think it was jeremy picks up he's like oh yeah oh what the fuck 
And he's like, the shit is that? <laughs> and so we're all pretty confused about what had even happened. It happened <laughs> pretty quick. Like, so you ran for money, you picked it up, you threw it, something's happened. Out bursts out of this cabin like a group of 15 dudes. Boo dollar holler! <laughs> they were going around sticking dog shit on dollar <laughs> bills and 20s and trying to get people to pick up dog shit bills. So then we were like, that's pretty funny. Let's do that, too. <laughs> By the end of the camping trip, there was so much money spread around this campsite, no one would touch Just a single shit. dollar of like any any uh, monetary denomination, deno- what's it? Deno- denomination, denomination, or whatever of bill because we're like probably got dog shot. <laughs> <laughs> there must have been like a hundred plus dollars or two hundred dollars worth of dog shit money around that campsite, and everyone you just hear people popping off different parts of the campground. Poo dollar holler. Need a good money launderer <laughs> to take care of that. <laughs> uh, that reminds me. That story reminds me. Of this. That's probably when I told you the same damn story. Um, yeah, miss most of the show. What do you guys? Think about the no dope for five. So, Nicholas, we talked about that for a little bit there. You're going to want to go back and listen in podcast land. Not sure. Not for sure thing yet, but there. Yeah. Yeah. We, we did discuss it a little bit. We had laid down some some sort of opinion on it. But <coughs> I don't know. Is public land disappearing? Are people happy? Are they not? I love public land. I probably always will because it means a lot to me. It's. I don't know. It's, it's just. I have to. I have to. It's so fun to explore. Some properties are pretty vast. Yeah, I think you said it best when you were like, when you came and hunted that property that I took you out on, where I saw Bryce earlier this season. Yeah. And it's like, man, I think that the only reason I like this because it probably just reminds me of up north. It's just the only vast stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can so. charge along for a long time. It's really hard to pick up sign on that and make sense of it. And I was like, I'm out. Of, I'm over my skis on this property trying to kill a big buck. Speaking of over your ski, I took the skis out on that property. That was a mistake. Oh, yeah. What'd you do? <laughs> the boot like thing. I went late season hunting and there was so much damn snow here. We got, I mean, there's a pile of snow. I don't know that how much you guys had around that you here. Cross country skied to your spot. I've cross country skied late season before into <laughs> spots. It works yeah. great. I don't have snowshoes. Snowshoes seem to be more work anyway because you got to raise it up and like yeah. my hips just get so tired. Yeah. And I had a spot I wanted to go. And of course, I'm an idiot. So it's, you know, pretty far. So I cross-country ski, I got a big backpack with my saddle stuff in it, my, my outdoor clothes, you know, my warm clothes. And I ski back in there. Everything's going pretty good. I jump some deer on the way. I'm like, oh, it's good. There's some deer in here. Late season, it's always good to have some deer. They're either there or they're not. So I'm pretty excited. And all the trees here, you know, you guys had like a wetter snow in the beginning. So all the trees are kind of bent over with the heavy snow, and they're like iced to the ground. So the, the woods I wanted to go into, I couldn't even get in. Because all the trees, you know, I'm on my skis. I can't get through there. So I'm, like, trying to navigate through this brushy stuff. And I, I tipped over. And it's deep snow. So I, like, tipped over. So I'm, like, trying to push yourself up. You're pushing down through, like, you know, 14, 16 inches of snow. I get myself back up. Brush myself off. My, seas, my skis have sunk down in the snow. I'm, like, ah, I can go to this other spot. So I start skiing. And I'm trying to turn my right ski. I can't control it. You know, cross-country skis clipping the front of your boot to the ski. Your heel comes up so you can glide. But, like, I'm not on a trail. I'm trying to fucking go through the powder. Mm-hmm. And I can't get my ski to go up. I can't get it to go right or left. I'm like, what the hell's going on? I, like, lift my foot up out of the snow. It feels loose, but everything looks okay. Well, the sole of my freaking cross-country <laughs> ski boot, where the clip is attached to the has ripped completely off. <laughs> From when I fell, the ski must have been flat. <laughs> my boot rips off, and I have, like, gaiters on, you know, to keep the snow out of my pants. And the strap that goes around the bottom of my boot is the only thing <laughs> holding my damn boot oh my to the ski. So I'm like, well, this is not going to work. 
So I pulled a gear tie, one of those, you know, orange gear ties. Yeah, those are great. Put it around the toe of my boot and <laughs> ended up skiing to another spot and going hunting anyway. The bottom of my boot com- fell completely off. I lost it in the snow. So you beat it cold or I you hiked didn't? it back. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Saw three bucks. Hey, there you go. That was a good hunt. Yeah, it's an okay hunter move for sure. Just terrible, terrible. <laughs> Anytime you can make a hunt more interesting, like through modality of like biking, skiing, canoeing, it just adds to the adventure. It's just fun. I love it. I love it. That's a cool story, man. Even though it's a total goofball thing, what are you going to do? You can't control that. Totally. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, thanks for coming in the studio this week. It's glad to have you. Glad to have you back here. And I know it'll be a minute before I get you back in again. But uh, hopefully Greg will be back next week. I don't actually know. I got to. I don't remember what his schedule is for next week. Yeah. Anyway, thanks <coughs> for the calls, folks, and have a good night. We'll catch you next week. Yeah, see you later.